Welcome to Your Love Ministries, where this is a Holy Spirit-led podcast. Hello once again, I'm Claire Carter, and I will be your host on this journey of becoming a disciple of Christ. Today's topic is the Ten Commandments. So first, we're going to come to God in prayer. So Father God, we thank you. We love, honor, glorify, and adore you. We just thank you for being in our lives. We thank you for allowing us to wake up to see this new day. We ask, Father God, that you open our ears and our hearts and our minds unto receiving your word on this day. We glorify you. We honor you and we praise you because you're worthy and wonderful to be praised. Father God, if there's anyone with a heavy heart, Father God, we ask that you comfort their heart, that you release the heaviness off of it for them, Father God, and that they're able to accept and receive your word and have an enlightened heart. We give you honor. We give you glory and praise because it's truly due unto you in your precious mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Today is a Sabbath day. It is Saturday. And this lesson that we are going to learn is the Ten Commandments. God created the Ten Commandments to help us keep order in our lives. So you will find the Ten Commandments listed in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 16, Or you can also find it in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 6 through 21. Now, first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Second commandment, thou shalt not make any graven images. Third commandment, thou shalt not take the name of thy Lord God in vain. Fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Fifth commandment, honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill is number six. Number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Number eight, thou shalt not steal. Number nine, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And number 10, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house or anything that is thy neighbor's. So to get a better understanding of these principles of life, let's take a deeper look. First commandment states and it means that nothing or no one should come before God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So nothing or no one should come before God. That means in everything that you do have or love should not be chosen before God, even yourself. Examples, self, spouse, children, family, money, work, or material items. We should not place any of these things above God. He should always, always come first. Number two, thou shalt not make any graven images. You should not make any picture, artwork, craving, carving, excuse me, creatures, jewelry, stone, lucky rabbit foot, horseshoe, or anything that resembles any type of thing that you would give to worship. So nothing that you would make Nothing that you could make, just like in the Bible, it states that they had made um, a golden calf and the golden calf, the gold was poured out and it looked into a golden calf and they worshiped this golden calf. So don't place anything as an image and worship it. So that way we're not having any, any other gods before God and we're not making any graven images. We're not creating something to place it before God. Third commandment. Thou shalt not take the Lord of thy God's name in vain. You should not use profane cursing, mocking, using the Lord's name in a negative manner, being untruthful manner or untruthful teachings, hypocrisy, covenant breaking, swearing by oath. Like I swear to God, 
not living up to the profession of being who you are supposed to be in God. This is so important. This is so important, guys, people, because a lot of people think if they say the phrase, gosh, dang, but in the other form, that that is the only way that you're using God's name in vain. No, if you are not the disciple, if you are not the Christian, if you are not being what you claim to be in God, then what you are doing is putting God's name to shame. You're using his name in vain because now you're not acting of holy and righteousness and being worthy. You're acting out of wickedness or you're you're acting out of character of who God has for you to be or who you say, hey, Lord, I give my life to you. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and God rose him on the third day. And I do believe that he has resurrected into heaven and I will have eternal life with him. So so you're denying that when when you're using his name in vain, when you're you're acting in a way that's making his name in vain. So when we're acting like the world, we're not acting as of God. We're using God's name in vain. We have to be set apart. We have to be different. We can't be like the world because what makes us Christians then? So the fourth one, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Keep the Sabbath day holy. What does this actually mean? Saturday is the Sabbath day. On this day, we are commanded by God in the fourth commandment to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That's what it states in Exodus 20 and 8. Breaking the scripture down. Sabbath means a time of rest from labor. The seventh day of the week observed for a day of rest and worship. Remember means to bring to mind or think again. To keep in mind for attention or consideration. To retain in memory. So we need to retain in memory the Saturday, the Sabbath day. The definition of holy is exalted or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in goodness and righteousness, devoted entirely to the deity or work of the deity, sacred divine quality. The Lord our God is holy. It states that throughout the Bible, yet we can look at Psalms 99.9 and it states in Psalms 99.9, In the New Living Translation, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain in Jerusalem for the Lord our God is holy. Amen. In understanding, we should remember to rest on Saturday from all of the work of the world that requires us to focus on anything other than God. It is a day to rest in the service of God, uplift and meditate on the Lord from his wonderful works and be thankful for the things that God has given to us. It is a day to benefit us to whereas we have labored hard all week and we need a rejuvenation of our mind and our body. So it's so important that we do take time out, not for our own selfish pleasures, but we take a day and consider it sanctified and sacred and holy and give it to God. Give it back to God. Allow your Saturdays to be a day that you focus on God and his word and you focus and remember because remember it says remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So we need to bring to mind all the things that the Lord has blessed us with through the week, through the months, the days, the years. On that day, that Saturday, it's a day every Saturday just to reflect, 
Lord, thank you for giving me life. Thank you. This week was so hard at work, but I thank you for giving me this day of rest so I can rest my bones, so I can rest my mind, and I can just rest in you. Thank you, Lord, because that's what you do for us. Now, when Jesus came, he set the example of the things that we are to do on the Sabbath. Jesus fed the hungry. He healed the sick. He casted out devils and he preached the kingdom of God. So we can take a look at some of these. Um, Let's go to uh, Mark chapter three, verses one through six. Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. This will be the New Living Translation. It says, Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and asked, Does the Lord permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. He looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. At once the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. So, The day of the Sabbath is the day to take care of Jesus's people, to allow miracles, to allow signs and wonders to work. It's not a day to shut God out. This is a sanctified day, a day set apart to worship God, to give God glory, to understand the miraculous things. Once again, in remembrance of the things that he's done, he also casted out devils. So we'll find that in Luke chapter four verses 38 through 41. So we have here, after leaving the synagogue that day, Jesus went to Simon's home where he found Simon's mother-in-law very sick with the high fever. Please heal her, everyone begged. Standing at her bedside, he rebuked the fever and it left her and she got up at once and prepared a meal for them. As the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, The touch of his hand healed every one. Many were possessed by demons and the demons came out at his command, shouting, you are the son of God. But because they knew he was the Messiah, he rebuked them and refused to let them speak. So look how powerful God is. He's so, Jesus is just amazing with this. That, And we have to realize that when we say healing the sick, that Illness as well is not only a physical illness, maybe uh, say cancer or cold or the flu. Um, It can also be a mental illness, which is um, schizophrenia, bipolar. There are different types of things that where demonic spirits can get in and try to control the mind. So when this happens, that can be casted out as well because Jesus has given authority for us to rebuke those things in Jesus's name. So you can see here on the Sabbath, he has healed the sick, casted out devils, yet also he preached the kingdom of God. So also still in Luke chapter four, we're going to go down to 43 and 44 because it says here, but he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in their towns in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. 
So he continued to travel around preaching in synagogues throughout Judea. So these are the things that are required of us on the Sabbath day is we need to take this day as reflection of how wonderful and powerful and how mighty our God is. He loves and cares for us so much that he had set a a day aside for us to rest. He even rested. And, and he knew that all of, after all of the work that he had done, if he needed to take a rest, he's given that obligation to us too, because he loves us and he cares that much about us, that he understands all the work and all the things that we have to go through. He wants us to rest as well. So we move on to the fifth, honor thy father and thy mother, the fifth commandment. It means obedience to your parents, listening and obeying instructions cheerfully with the principle of love. So being respectful, being respectful to our parents, you know, honoring them, um, obeying their instructions, even as we're getting older, you know, as we're little kids, yes, not to be rebellious, not to have that rebellious spirit against what our parents are saying to us. It's important because uh, God tells us that we can live a long life because that is pleasing to him when children obey their parents. We look out for them the same way God looks out and takes care of us. And as we're getting older, you know, still we want to make sure that our parents, you know, if they need the nursing care facility or if they need things, we can help them around the house with stuff or go get groceries. We want to keep them in mind still, you know, not just set them aside and write them off. We still need to show and share that love to them. Now, the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. So you should not do anything harmful or hurtful to yourself or others, to health, life, or body. You should not hate because you will be considered a murderer, whether in thought or in action. So we need to be careful of the things that we're thinking. Because if we despise someone and we hate somebody so much that we're just wishing death upon them, even though you physically haven't done the action, you're thinking the action you're, you're not actually doing the action, but you're thinking, and that's not good. We don't want to have thoughts like that. What we, what we need to do if we're having hatred thoughts or anger thoughts towards someone's that, that someone, that is when we need to go to God in prayer and say, Lord God, please forgive me for being so angry with this person. I, I need you to just take things in your hand and, and we need to look to him. We don't want to do anything hurtful, harmful to anyone, to their life. Um, manipulating them, making them think that they need it in their own life or um, giving them or feeding them things that could be unhealthy for them or, or be hurtful to them in any way. You want to be mindful of these things. The seventh commandment is thou shalt not commit adultery, meaning having sexual relations with one that is not your spouse, uncleanliness, and desires that puts war against your soul, whether in thought or action. Once again, if we're thinking these things, it's going to lead us into taking action because if you think something hard enough and you focus on it so much, it could lead you into doing the action. So we want to keep our minds clean. We want to Look to our own spouses that God has given us to enjoy and have the relations with them and keep our minds solely focused on them. And if there's a problem within that, you need to go to your spouse and be open and be able to speak to them about this because that's healthy. 
that is healthy. And that's the way that you keep that situation healthy. So each other is not going to think or look or giving them reasons to is that if you're not taking care of your own business and your own relations and own home. So you want to make sure that you're taking care of that. So that way we have our mindset on what God has given us and not the fleshly and the lust of the world. The eighth one is thou shalt not steal. You should not rob yourself by sinful spending or taking goods, material money of another or not restoring what was borrowed. So a lot of people don't think of it as this, that you should not rob yourself by sinful spending. That is, um, that's stealing. Basically when you have this need for just spending money or, or, or not saving, you're not using your money wisely. You're stealing from yourself. You're stealing from your family. You want to be wise. You want to seek God's guidance. You want to seek his direction. Lord, this is my paycheck. Where do I need to put it? What do I need to do? Asking him for guidance in all things, because we want to make sure that we are paying people back if we have borrowed something, that we're not taking goods or taking materials from work or from our neighbor or from our friend or from a loved one and not returning it back. We want to make sure that we're keeping things clear because we wouldn't want people to do this that to us. So remember, the golden rule of God is that treat others the way that you want to be treated. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And your neighbor includes more than just the person that lives in the house beside you. That's everyone you come across. So the ninth commandment is thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. You should not speak falsely in any matter, lying, deceiving, prejudice, slander, or ruin a reputation. Let's be mindful of the things that we speak, the things that we do and say, and where, you know, we need to uplift one another. We don't need to speak falsely or tell lies to bring people down. We need to uplift one another. If you don't know the truth about something, be quiet. And when you know the truth about something, be quiet unless it is needing to be brought up to someone's attention. We don't want to slander. We don't want to be prejudiced. We don't want to be racist. Think about this because we are all God's children. We are all beautiful. We might all have different colors to the outside of our skin, but we all bleed the same. We all have a heart. We have kidneys and pancreas. All of our insides are exactly the same. And we all have that heart that beats. And that's what we have to remember. Let's not speak falsely. Let's not gossip. Let's not get intertwined in those things, the things of this world. The final and 10th commandment, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house nor anything that is thy neighbor's. That means you should not desire to have what your neighbor has for your own gratification, not wanting injury or seeking destruction for your advantage. Example, uh, someone comes into work and they just got a new Corvette. Those of you that know me, I love Corvettes. 1974 is going to be mine with a midnight blue color. One day, one day, maybe when I retire. So <laughs> say Sally Sue comes in and she's riding high, got her sunglasses on. And she, she's so excited because she got this and wants to know who wants to go for a ride. She has a 1974 midnight blue uh, Corvette. And I look and I'm like, man, Sally Sue got one. I was supposed to get, I was supposed to get that Corvette. 
man, she doesn't deserve to have that Corvette. You know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to get that Corvette, but I'm going to get it a convertible. So I'm going to have one better than hers. And I'm going to have more horsepower to it because she doesn't deserve that. I deserve that because that's what I've been wanting for so long. So then I'm going out to get this Corvette just to try to beat Sally Sue. (laughs) Not because, you know, I've waited patiently and the Lord has given it and I, I should you know, compliment her and I should be grateful and and thankful for her. You know, we need to rejoice together. When we cry, we should cry together. When we rejoice, we, we should rejoice together, not putting another one down. So instead of me trying to get the bigger house, the bigger car for my own gratification to show that I'm bigger and better than someone, we should not want that or, or ill damage like, oh, I hope she crashes in her car because uh, she knew I wanted that car first and she doesn't deserve that. So, you know, God forgive me because those are not the thoughts that we should be thinking about one another. We should not want to try to top one another. We should be loving and kind and rejoice with one another. So now that we've gone through the Ten Commandments and broke it down a little, I hope you have a better understanding of why God has set these commandments down for us. Once again, they are principles of life. It's not an order from God for him to sit here and command and demand, you are going to do this and you are going to do that. He is telling us these are the things that we need to live by so we can live a long and prosperous life. He's a loving God. He cares for us. He wants us to have a long and loving life. He wants to be there and be our savior and be our almighty and powerful God because he knows what's best because he is our daddy. He is our Abba, which means father. He is our heavenly father. So I'd like to give you a fun fact for the day. <laughs> there were three, 600, excuse me. There were 613 commandments in total. Thanks be to God for speaking to Moses. <laughs> so the Lord had set up 613 commandments and you can find them through the Old Testament. However, um, God had put on my heart. I reviewed them and they were very interesting. And next time we will get a little more into that. But um, I'm thankful to God that he had broken it down to the 10. So thanks be to God for speaking to Moses. And another fun fact that the first four commandments were on the first tablet and the remaining six were on the second tablet. And in my mind, what I would think is that five would be on one tablet and five would be on the next. But no, the first four commandments were written on the first tablet and the remaining six on the second. So that was a pretty cool fun fact for today. Um, so just a thought for the week. Do you keep the 10 commandments? Why or why not? I thank you so much for joining us today. If you have not given your life to Christ, if you have not opened your heart up and asked God to come in for Jesus to come into your heart, now is the time. Now is the day to do it. Let's not hesitate on it. Let us realize that the day of judgment shall come. None of us know when that day or time is. So today you have an invitation to discipleship. In Romans 10, 9, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So a prayer for you is that is this on this day, if you realize that you have not given your life to Christ and it's something you want to do, pray a simple prayer of asking the Lord God, say, dear Jesus, I ask that you come into my heart. I believe that you had died on the cross and gave your life for me. 
and that God had rose you up on the third day and now you reside in heaven and are waiting for us. But Father God, you have left your comforter here with us. So we thank you for your Holy Spirit. If you believe that, and in Jesus' name, amen. And if you believe that, you have asked the Lord Jesus to come into your heart. Now is a new day for you. I pray that you will get into a Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-led, um, either church, uh, ministry, and that you will give your life to Christ to the fullest, that you will read his word daily, that you will join in on Bible lessons to learn more and more about him so you can have a more intimate relationship. Once again, I thank you all so much for joining us. Until next time, remember, you are loved.